is the Big Church Podcast. Who's ready to get real in here today? Well, first question, be honest. How many of you guys came to Pillow Talk series because of the racy title? Be honest. Oh, just want to. Oh, okay. I see you, girl. I see you. Well, hasn't this series been amazing? Goodness. I mean, incredible. Pastor Rich kicked us off, taking us back to our first love. And listen, he taught us that when that relationship is right, then every other relationship gets right. Then Ryan killed it last week with his talk about, you guys, we've got to burn plan B. And we can't keep the car running. We're not going to keep the car running. Today, I want to speak to you about the big five in marriage. You know, the pillow talk before the pillow talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Today, I'm not going to be as preachy as I normally would. I'm going to be more practical because I believe that it's time that the church speak into marriages and, and all situations because if the church isn't speaking into it, guess what? The world is telling you how to live, how to have a marriage, and the world is telling you, oh, girl, you don't need that man. Go on. I want to tell you and answer the question what God says about pillow talk. Uh, I'm not going to share a lot of mine and Pastor Rich's stories this week because I'm just going to invite you back next week because next week we're going to get up here. We're going to try to sit on stools and and like be like normal. But um, next week we're going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly from the last almost nine years. And let me tell you why we're going to do that. We feel that it's important for you not to put us on a pedestal. We ain't perfect. We've never been perfect. And you're you're not perfect either. I love you, but you're not perfect. Um, And I just want you to see that we go through the same stuff you go through every single day and week and month and year. But can I tell you what we are? We are committed. No matter what happens, we ha- we're keeping to the covenant that we made. So we're going to be raw. We're going to be real. We're going to be funny, or actually, I'm never funny, but he is always funny. So he'll be funny, and I'll be real, and uh, we'll, we'll just do this thing, right? Right. So we're going to prove to you next week that there's hope. And I know I'm speaking to some people today that are newly engaged, and everything's so giddy and happy, and everything's wonderful. And I know that I'm speaking to some marriages that are really struggling right now. And I just want you to drop all preconceived notions today. I don't want you to come in here thinking, well, mm," and today you may even have to say some stuff through clenched teeth. But we're committed, right? 
We all have this dreamy definition of what we think pillow talk is, right? We think it's so dreamy. And as in fact, um, there was one definition I read that said, relaxed, intimate conversation between lovers after sexual activity. <gasps> I forgot to give the warning. E, if you have kids in here that you don't want to hear grown-up talk, We've got a great kids program. Go ahead and check them in. They'll love it. You'll love it. And sorry, I just said the S word if kids are still in here. Okay, let's go back to the beginning of that definition. Relaxed, intimate conversation between lovers after sexual activity, usually accompanied by cuddling, caresses, kissing, and other physical intimacy. And yes... All of that is true. But pillow talk is so much more than that. It's intimate conversations about real life stuff. Money, in-laws, sex, expectations, and communication. I'm going to be telling you today about the big five, and we're going to open the service with this key text. It's from Romans 12, and we're going to be reading 9 through 10. It says, be sincere in your love for others. Hate everything that is evil and hold tight to everything that is good. Love each other and honor others more than you do yourself. By the end of this service, you're going to be sick of that last phrase. Honor others more than you do yourself. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. God, we're just excited that we're going to get your word about, and you're going to answer our questions about what real pillow talk is. God, I lift up every marriage to you right now. I pray that you soften hard hearts right now. I pray that you renew minds through this. God, I play, pray that you set marriages ablaze today. God, that they go home and have real communication, real pillow talk, and They'll take the other pillow talk too. Thank you, Lord, for doing what only you can do today. Lord, bless my words. Let them be your words. I'm your vessel. Do and say what you want to say. I'm here for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I get a, how many of you guys come to first service ever? Okay, I'll get a little more feisty in second service. Let me just tell you why. I've got all my young peeps here, and that's who like, God really calls me to, so I get a little, a little saucy in second service. <laughs> but before we get into the big five, I want to talk about commitment. Commitment is a little thing that makes all the difference. I know I've been on this topic since um, the last time I preached for Build the Walls. And I'll just tell you, Pastor Rich and I used to, I repeat, used to start a diet every Monday. We would say we're going to start working out every Monday. And we used to do it in by Tuesday or Wednesday, but always by Thursday. We were like, ah, we'll start next Monday but not this year. We're committed. It's five days a week, baby. We are doing this thing. And that's what you've got to have in your marriage. You've got to have 
commitment. No matter what, I'm not giving up. And can I say, I believe every single one of you are committed. You're committed. But what you're committed to is your own will, your own way, your own needs, your selfish desires. But Romans 12.10 says, honor others more than you honor yourself. The Institute of Family Studies cites that the number one major cause of divorce is not the big five, but it's lack of commitment. What if you got committed to your spouse? Do you think your marriage would be better? I can promise you it will, and you would have a marriage that would inspire others. I always have looked at those marriages and go, oh, I just want to be like them. I just want us to be lovey-dovey like that. And I know that you guys have thought the same thing, and your marriage can be that if you get committed. Now, let me talk to all my single folk for a minute. Wave to me real big, loud and proud. I'm single and I'm proud of it. All right, all right. Well, listen, just because I'm talking to married folk doesn't mean that there's not something that you can get out of it. A phrase that I've like hung my hat on is smart people learn from their mistakes. I've learned a lot. I've been smart. But wise people learn from other people's mistakes. So singles, learn it right now, what you can do so that when you get to that place, you are wise in marriage. And you guys need to learn commitment right now. And how you can learn that is by honoring people that are in your life more than yourself. I know we live in a very self centered, selfish. It's all about me generation. And I'm not just saying you young people that are single. I'm saying us older people. We are all about us. And we've got to drop that. And I want you to watch God when you put your focus on him and begin to honor others more than yourself who he just might bring into your life. My word for 2020 is not commitment. I know you guys might be thinking, you keep saying committed, commitment, commitment. It's release. And I'm releasing giving up. I'm committed. I'm not going to be a giver-upper anymore. I'm not giving up. Pastor Rich and I, like I said, started diets every Monday, but we're not giving up. How many of you guys want to join us in not giving up in 2020? It doesn't have to be with working out, but I invite you to at 5.30 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And Chanel has got me, oh Lord, I've, I've, been, I've been worn, but I'm going to cycle bar with her Thursday. Pray for me. Uh, but... Uh, You guys, we've got to quit giving up and we've got to be committed. It's what your marriages need. So I want you today to settle in your mind, settle in your heart, and settle in your spirit that you're committed and you're not giving up. No matter where your marriage is right now, I want you to hear me out, okay? So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if your marriage is struggling, but what I am going to ask you to do is raise your heart, raise your ears. Get ready. Release the bitterness. 
release the idea of perfection. It ain't going to be perfect. Never has been, never will be. Just drop it. You're not going to have the perfect marriage. Release the things that you are doing to hurt your spouse and your marriage. Release your stubbornness and pride. Release being lazy. Release giving up on your marriage and thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Can I tell you the grass is greener where you take care of it? And if you take care of your mess marriage, your marriage is going to take care of you and you're going to be happy and it's everything. You'll live happily ever after. I want you right now to look at your spouse and you're going to repeat after me. And I know I'm talking to some people that are dating, some people that are engaged. You do it too, because I don't believe in dating to date. I believe in dating to get married, because if you're playing... There's going to be some playing going on. But when you're serious and you're committed, everything changes. So look at your, your spouse, significant other right now and say, I am committed. I am committed. Now do it again. Do it again. Tell him again. Say, I am committed. I am committed. I am committed. Come on, guys, I am committed. Okay, now I'm getting the vibe that some of you are, aren't committed. I didn't hear you real loud and clear. But for those of you that are struggling, can I just tell you, it's not going to change overnight. It took you X amount of years to get where you're at right now, and it's not going to get better tomorrow just because you're committed. It's not gonna happen we're committed to marriages so much here at big church that we invested in them last weekend and had a marriage conference and I just want to let you know that if you weren't here you really missed it it was so powerful and I want you to take out your phones right now what she's letting us take out our phones take out your phones right now go to um next 2021 the first weekend, February, and mark it down. We're doing it again. It is so important, okay? I'm going to quickly give you the five things that we work on with people that are about to get married. Sierra and Derek, get ready. I, I mean, Justin and Becca, get ready. I say every time that we have our very first um, meeting... My goal, and you're going to hear it twice. You still have to come through pre-marriage counseling, okay? Um, you're going to hear it twice. My goal is to get you not to get, is for you not to get married if you're not ready. Because divorce in the church is over 50%. So I believe it's a lack of communication. It's a lack of being real. It's about, it's a lack of not talking about what you need to talk about. And you set your marriage up for failure from the very beginning. Hello. Mindy Wesley, Loudenslager, Parham, Watson, and none of those were my main names. Nobody helped me to get the tools I needed so that I could have a healthy marriage. And we're going to do it. We're going to 
do it. And I did have one couple that didn't get married. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying communication is so important because they fell in love with the love and the romance and all that, but they were not equipped to have a healthy marriage. They didn't talk about anything. So if y'all are talking, you're in good company. It's going to be good. Okay, who's ready? Who's ready? Okay, so the first one. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Now I've got your attention. We can talk about it. I want you to know that God created sex and he wants you to enjoy it when you're married. I'm going to say it again. God created sex and he wants you to enjoy it when you're married. The Bible says that everything is permissible in the marriage bed. Now, I want to I, I kind of guard that a little bit. I mean, you can't have a third partner. There, there's, some, there's some stuff you can't do, but anything else with your one and only spouse, you can do. And it's okay. Enjoy it. But I also want to say that... We have to guard this area so much. Listen to what 1 Corinthians says. 7, 2 through 5 says, Well, having your own husband or wife should keep you from doing something immoral. It should. Husbands and wives should be fair with each other about having sex. A wife... Okay, listen, ladies. A wife belongs to her husband instead of herself. And a husband, guys belongs to your wife instead of yourself. So don't refuse sex to each other unless you agree not to have sex for a little while in order to spend time in prayer. Then Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Unless you are communicating about everything with sex, you aren't going to have a great sex life. Not going to happen. Sex can't be a one-way street. And if you put Romans 12, 10 into practice, you will be honoring your spouse more than you are yourself. Okay. I've got to think about your needs and your wants. I've got to think that all day you've been with a baby strapped to you and you might be tired. Oh, you're sick this week or today. I should say today. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, today, you're sick today. You've got to talk about it. You've got to talk about it. You've got to talk about your wants, your likes, your dislikes, your frustrations. Women, you have to communicate that in order for the evening to go the way your man wants, it t- it's a buildup of all day. It's about them taking out the trash. It's about the loving caresses. It's about all those little romantic things that they take for granted. You've got to have. And men, you've got to communicate with your, your wife or your spouse how often and much you want to have it. Now, you might have to compromise. <laughs> I mean, because like, 
seven times a day or something like that. Probably ain't going to happen. We work and, you know, I'm being a little, little dramatic. Um, but you guys, I, I, I want you, I'm serious. Being shy and keeping secrets will destroy your marriage. Being shy and keeping secrets will destroy your marriage. You've got to talk about everything. And you've got to do it quickly. Most of the issues with sex in our marriage is a result of lack of communication. Because when we're not communicating, we're isolating ourselves. We're holding everything in. It's festering. And when the devil isolates, he dominates. So then your sex life isn't going to be the way that God designed it to be. Infidelity is the number two major cause of divorce according to the Institute of Family Studies. Number two, we've got to guard our marriages. We've got to set boundaries with our messages. And we have got to get to the place where we honor our spouse more than ourselves. Number two, expectations. And we all have them. Sometimes in marriage, our expectations are too low. Well, you know, um, eh, like for me, well, uh, I've never had a good man. They've never taken care of me. They've, they've abused and so on and so forth. And I remember Pastor Rich saying to me one day, he was like, why do you not ever let me help you do anything? I got this. Because I didn't trust men. I had been hurt so much. I was like, no, I got this. I'm, I'm all the limp women, independent. And, and it took a long time for me to like drop my guard and let him help. Um, and sometimes our expectations are too high. Like we expect them to jump through this hoop and they'll not jump through the hoop. And sometimes they're just plain unrealistic. I am going to share one story. So, um, I fell in love with Rich, not because of his appearance. I wasn't, it wasn't lust at all. That sounds bad, but it wasn't lust at all. <laughs> I fell in <laughs> I didn't mean that to sound bad. Um, but I fell in love with the Jesus in him. He would talk about the Lord, and I'd be like, oh, I have a man of God. I want that man of God. <laughs> and, and so when he would talk about God, it just did something for me. So I was like, okay, I'm a romantic. And I thought, oh, my gosh, a man of God surely is going to be romantic, right? And so I was looking forward to the days where he was going to be romantic, and he was going to satisfy that romantic in me still waiting <laughs> every once in a while but guys I, I mean I kind of made a joke about that but I had an unrealistic expectation for him he grew up in a family that never loved each other never told each other they loved him never hugged never touched each other that sounds weird but you, you know what I mean like not an affectionate family so I had an unrealistic expectation for him to meet a need that he had never had met in his life. And 
And so it went something like this. We would go out on a date when it was his time to um, plan the date. We would go to the uh, dinner and we would go to a movie. Men, movies are not a date. You go and sit for two, three hours and you stare at a a screen and you don't talk. You might touch, but that's, you know, holding hands, whoop-de-doo. Or you might touch hands in the popcorn, whatever. That's not a date. It's not a date. Okay, moving on. And I would be so mad the entire night that we were on a date because I wanted romance. I wanted caressing. I wanted... um, flowers. I wanted cute little things like I'm teaching my boys. Hey, you want a good date? Here's what you do. You take them down to Maddox and Rose and you create candles together. Or you take them over to Mahonia and then you go to the flower section and they get to pick their own flowers. Oh, so romantic. Uh, So I'm telling them how to be romantic men. So what I ended up doing is I told Pastor Rich, I'll plan the dates so that they're romantic. You pay for them. <laughs> it's been amazing since we went to that. So, last weekend we learned uh, about families of origin and how that affects our expectations. And we also learned invisible rules at the marriage conference. So, so good. So hear me, you have to communicate and preferably before you get married. You have to talk about who's going to do the housework. Are we going to do it together? That's how we roll. Who's, who's going to do the yard work? How many kids do you want to have? Have that conversation up front because you don't want to get married and go, uh, I didn't want any kids. What? I was planning on having like, I didn't get to have as many kids as I really wanted. Um, but now I got all kinds of kids. Woo! <laughs> Um, what is expected with romance? Are you both going to work outside the home? Because that wouldn't have worked for me. I cannot be stuck at home all day. But then I've got, got stay-at-home moms that would not want to go and work outside the home. So you have to communicate about that. Who's going to cook the dinner? We have a deal where if I cook, he cleans up. If he cooks, I clean up. It's a beautiful plan. What is our budget? That has to be talked about. And again, we refer to Romans 12.10 and honor our spouse more than ourselves, more than our own wants, more than our own uh, expectations. We stick to the boundaries that we set. How about number three? Want to talk about in-laws or outlaws? (laughs) Whatever you choose to call them. We already know that everyone hates their mother-in-law, right? I'm just kidding. But that is the stereotype. It is the joke. It is the joke. It's what we've created. Um, And I know, hear my heart. I know some of you really do have bad in-law situations. I know you do. And I'm not making fun of that. But I do want to say that when there are issues in your marriage because of in-laws, it stems back to Romans 12, 10. When you don't honor your spouse more than your family. Because it says in Genesis 2, 24, that's why a man will leave his own mother and father. He marries a woman and the two of them become like one 
person. You see, when you get married, your mom and dad have to take a back seat to your spouse. I'm not saying they're out of your life, but I'm saying, ladies, we don't run to mom and dad and get our advice. I'm not, and and men, you're not going to go and say, oh, well, dad, I don't know what to do. So can you tell me? You talk to your spouse first because it's not honoring them when you go and then come back. Also, listen to me loud and clear. You do not go to your family and talk negatively about your spouse. Period. End of discussion. Because let me tell you, If Taylor is my mom and I go, (laughs) kind of funny, um, I go to her and I talk so bad about Rich, what ends up happening is Mama Bear comes out and says, I'm done with that Rich. I'm done with him. Uh, And then then guess what? We always (laughs) make up. And we're good but she's no longer good with him. So do not, absolutely do not, Scout's Honor. Is that how you do Scout's Honor? Okay, Scout's Honor. We're not gonna talk bad about our spouse to our family because it just never goes well and it's not honoring them. This is the topic that gets so many couples in trouble. So you've got to communicate up front about family. I want to tell a quick story about a couple that we married, and um, it was just really unbalanced. Like, I'm going to make a, I'm going to use Jake and Alyssa so that I have names, Um, uh, but it wasn't them, okay? (laughs) So, um, Jake and Alyssa, during pre-marriage counseling, were telling us that they always spent all of their time at Jake's families and never spent any time at Alyssa's families. And what ended up happening is I asked the question because my goal is to talk about everything so that it doesn't become an issue when you get married. So I'm asking Alyssa, how does that make you feel? Well, I feel like I need to see my mom and dad too and my family, but we always have to go to his. And so we had this conversation for so long that night till they decided we're committed that this is not going to be a problem in our marriage. So they stayed in Louisville for a while, but eventually they moved to somewhere, Massachusetts, I think, um, because it was not healthy. That is not healthy. It cannot, nothing, nothing in your marriage can be one-sided. It will cause problems and it will cause division. The devil will use it to split your family up. And it's not honoring your spouse more than yourself. And can I just talk about kids real quick? Even with your kids. They take a backseat to your marriage because one day they grow up and they grow out and they're living on their own and you look at your spouse and go, who are you? Can't do it. Ain't doing it. I'm going to invest in this relationship first and foremost. And I know we got some new moms in here. Newborns take a lot more of your time. I'm not saying neglect them to focus on your spouse, what I am saying is keep it healthy. 
but you guys, no matter how old your kids are, always remember that. One day, you'll have the marriage that you want when you honor your spouse more than yourself. Number four, money, 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 money. Coming in as number three major reason for divorce. We got to talk about it. And you got to talk about it in your marriage. First Timothy 6, I'm going to start at verse 7, says, We didn't bring anything into this world, and we won't take anything with us when we leave. So we should be satisfied just to have food and clothes. People who want to be rich fall into all sorts of temptations and traps. They are caught up by foolish and harmful desires that drag them down and destroy them. The love of money causes all kinds of trouble. Some people want money so much that they've given up their faith and caused themselves a lot of faith, pain. We all want to live the American dream, right? Me? Two? Okay, we want to live the American dream. But hear me. When we don't live within our means, when we don't have, after I just said, Ryan said, burn the backup plan. You do have to have some savings, you guys, okay? Uh, that, not necessarily the backup plan, but something to fall back on. It is the backup plan. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> but when we don't live within a budget or within the means of what we make, you're going to be living a nightmare. Your American dream just turned into a nightmare. It's why I think every single person and every married couple needs to go through the financial crew. We're going to do it every, every um, season because it's so powerful. Learn how to work together with your money so it doesn't cause arguments. Hear me when I say I would rather you have healthy marriages living within your budget than spending everything to try to make the other one happy and end up divorced. Last but not least, number five, communication. As you can see, the other four needed communication, but communication is a topic I could do a whole preach on. Every single point takes this final one. You absolutely must communicate. You have to. The success or failure of your marriage depends on communication. You guys, you got to learn to fight right. We're not going to kick the chair out from under them. We're not going to throw them under the bus. We're going to honor our spouse all times. Hey, Pastor Rich and I are pretty passionate. We're passionate when we're loving each other, but we're passionate when we're fighting. You'll hear stories about that next week. We are passionate at everything. <laughs> um, but you've got to fight right. We're not going to call names. We're not going to throw each other under the bus. We're going to honor our spouse more than we do ourselves. James 1.19 says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Talk less than you listen. Listen more than you talk. Ephesians 4.25 says, speak the truth in love. There are days that I have to and he has to speak the truth in love to each other. Now let me tell you some you've got us. You gotta confront quickly so your heart doesn't get bitter. 
Because if you let it go a week or two weeks or two months or two years, you don't have a relationship anymore. You've got to go on dates and talk. And I'm going to plug the, the couple that came last week, the Anatomy of Marriage. They have a marriage app called Get Your Marriage On. And how many of you, go, no, I don't want you to raise your hand. Some of you may have drawn, grown away from your spouse. Get this app. Go have dinner and just start asking each other those conversation starters. Get reconnected. Get people in your life that's going to speak life into your marriage. Ladies, I know that we're quick to run to our girlfriends and say everything that's going on. And then they're hating him as much as you are. Guys, I know sometimes you have to talk to people. Get somebody who's like, no, you aren't giving up. No, uh, you've got to honor your spouse more than you do yourself. Get people in your life that do that for you. Not like, oh girl, I know he's just a piece of crap. Why don't you just break up with him? Oh wait, that's for single, sorry. Uh, why don't you just divorce him? Why don't you just separate? You'll show him a thing or two. No, get people in your life that are for your marriage. Honor your spouse when they get vulnerable. And they communicate about what needs to be worked on. If you're like, no, 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 no. I don't, I, I don't think that's an issue. Their feelings are valid. And you can't deny their feelings. Their feelings are theirs. So honor them when they get vulnerable with you. Last one, get a marriage counselor. For good times and for bad times. You need somebody who's gonna give you tools all along the way to help you have a healthy marriage. We go to our marriage counselor, you know, I don't know, we've gotten pretty lazy about it in the last couple years. Um, but we would go every now and then and just say, okay, here's what we're going through. How healthy are we? It's important. It's so important because sometimes we look in the mirror, but we're so blinded by what we're doing that we miss it. Get committed and don't ever give up. I want everybody to stand as they dim the lights. And I want you to get with your spouse, your fiance, your significant other. Come up here, babe. Because I'm going to pray over your marriage. This is how we fight our battles. The devil can't win if we're praying. So be praying together. Let me pray. Father, we lift up every marriage, every relationship in this room. God, for husbands or wives or significant others that do not have their significant other here, Lord, we lift them up to you. God, we ask that by your Holy Spirit that you are drawing them back to your heart because when that relationship's right, every other relationship will be right. God, Today, we're coming to you vulnerable, peeled back, saying, God, do what only you can do. 
We need you. Marriages need you. We're desperate for a touch from you today, God. Lord, I pray that you send blessings over every couple right now. God, that you would get them in a place where they can be vulnerable and communicate. And God, that 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 they understand that these big five will make or break their marriage. God, bless every single in here. God, I pray for their future spouse. I pray, God, that you have got them in the place that you want them and that they have peace and patience in this season of waiting. God, you make them exactly who you want them to be for their future spouse. And that they settle in saying, God, I know, I have faith that you've got me. Lord, today, we're gonna move out of the way in all of our relationships so that you can have your way. God, today we're getting committed. We're not gonna give up and we're gonna honor our spouse more than we do ourselves, more than our own wants, more than our own needs. God, bless these marriages, these relationships in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.